0: This is the Gear Patrol Podcast for Friday, September 10th, 2021. I'm Nick Caruso. Thanks for joining us today, fair Gear Patrol Podcast listeners. Today, we are beginning with a talk about future tech. Apple is working very hard to replace your physical wallet with a digital one. Specifically, they're pushing to introduce digital driver's licenses and will address the ideas and concerns surrounding those. Then, it's tiny truck talk automakers are introducing a spate guys a spate of compact pickups uh these small trucks are coming along as trucks get more popular and much larger seemingly every year are these little tiny trucks an antidote to that segment literally growing too much and who is the compact truck customer then We'll end with a discussion about working from home. It has been 18 months of COVID, if you can believe that, Uh, and we will explore the role of products in our work-from-home environments these days. A lot of discussion about that uh, in spring of last year, but these days, what's our take? Uh, What works? What do we really need? And we'll even address a specific new product aimed directly at folks with these newly permanent home offices. And the we I keep referring to includes two of my colleagues. With me in our virtual studio today is Deputy Photography Editor, Henry Phillips. Henry? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And we've got Platforms Producer, Scott Ulrich, here too. What's up, Scott? Not that much.
1: Excited for this uh, podcast and excited for the NFL season to start. That's starting tonight or, I guess, last night, if you're listening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which you which you should be. which I assume you are since you're uh yeah, I was gonna say it's almost Q four. Like we're we're in the home stretch here of twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah. Fall vines are coming.
2: I got an email about uh, you know, Black Friday is approaching the other day and had a mild panic attack. Isn't that crazy yeah. D-
0: digital like product media around Black Friday is a is a maelstrom. Um I also think it's worth noting that for the first time in a while, we're all three of us, three people on the pod are in different states. I'm in Michigan. Scott, you're broadcasting from home in Atlanta. And uh, Henry, I assume you're still in Brooklyn. It looks like your apartment.
2: I am indeed uh, in the Empire State
0: (laughs) Uh, State of mind. Yeah, I'm uh, on that note. Just for context, in case I start making weird jokes, I am literally doing a podcast from my parents' basement uh, in Michigan. So it's an interesting experience for us all.
1: As they you're were living, intended to be done. Yeah,
0: you're living the dream. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this is inevitable. And uh, that's actually a pretty good segue to our first segment uh, in terms of inevitability and privacy. How about that? guys are pleased with my segue. So yeah, first up, we're talking about digital privacy. Lately, there's been a lot of um, hype and uh, discontent, shall we say, about uh, vaccine passports, specifically as they relate to privacy and civil liberty issues. Are they a good idea? Or are they not? But Adjacent to that, and meanwhile, sort of like in the background, Apple has been developing digital IDs, uh, drivers' licenses, with the aim to make physical wallets obsolete. They're they're going for big wallet here. Um, an article on Vox's site, uh, the Recode, frames this and similar efforts by the TSA and other organizations as quote creepy uh, unquote invasions of privacy in which the government can store biometric data uh so that article asks a great question so i'll read it verbatim are digital ids a good thing from a privacy and security perspective it's unclear but they also seem inevitable so henry i'm going to go to you first what do you think are is this like the inevitable path we're going down is it creepy is it both what's your take
2: it i mean it does feel inherently weird in a sense you know, of growing up with with paper documents and and things that maybe aren't necessarily on your person all the time and could be left wherever and aren't particularly, you know, like tied to your everyday existence. Um it it does feel weird. But also, you know, I think it does seem completely inevitable. Um the amount of Apple Pay that I've been using over the last (laughs) month. Uh and then even surrendering kind of vaguely intimate personal information, um, fingerprints and, and things like that, um, for, for services like TSA global entry and, and TSA pre, um, you know, I think it's becoming fairly clear that there, there is a larger scale push to digitize as much data as humanly possible. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think, Ultimately, it's kind of yet to be seen how good or bad of an idea that is, um, especially in, uh, you know, a nation like the United States uh, that hopefully has quite a few um, kind of blockades against really like wanton misuse. But, you know, maybe that's me being optimistic.
0: Yeah, there is, there is sort of this, it does feel, I mean, I was a leading question in a way, and I think in the article it was too, but like, it does feel inevitable, feels like sort of a logical conclusion of after many developments we've been through in terms of privacy and identification and stuff, but it really, there is no answer. We have to sort of wait and see, excuse me, have to wait and see how this data will be protected, you know, what happens to it, um, and uh I don't know if I can never I you don't know, I feel wary of trusting completely uh without yeah. a definite answer. Um
1: I think it's a funny reflection of the current times that like when faced with this idea that could be exciting, like the immediate thought and immediate conversation is like, Oh, that's scary. Um because <laughs> like at face value, like what a cool idea. Um and the optimistic part of me is really excited about this you know they say it's going to be in what georgia and arizona first i'm a georgia resident um and I, I love the idea i have loved maybe this will get me in trouble with the edc heads of the gear patrol audience but like i love the idea of just leaving my wallet at home or not even having to have one mm-hmm. um i used to have to carry around like multiple cards for different things and like apple pay his like Pretty much totally solved that for me it's pretty rare that i buy something from a place now that doesn't offer that option Um, and it's been great and yeah this is one one fewer thing that i need to worry about um Mm -hmm. and you know that that's an exciting idea i really do like that idea um but yeah i am uh i think i have a maybe a healthy distrust of the government and authority (laughs) and it definitely is scary to see and to read, like, how this could be misused. And uh, it's hard not to daydream about the dystopia that, you know, we we could enter um, with this sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Because, you know, I was thinking, when you're talking about being optimistic about this kind of thing, and, and, like, the ideal future state of it. Yeah, I'm thinking utopia, in terms of like, Star Trek utopia, where everybody, like, everybody's, like, cool, everybody's taken care of, everybody's protected, everybody's equal. Um, But I sort of fear, I think, like you you alluded to, like, with a healthy skepticism that we would trend in the opposite direction. But that may be me, my tinfoil hat, too. I don't know, Henry, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I was... I think you know, I kind of followed a similar trajectory as Scott. I was, I'm excited for it. You know, I think the idea of digitizing more, um, kind of cards makes a lot of sense. Um, and then I also kind of realized that I don't use my ID all that often. Mm. Um, so I might be hesitant to actually digitize it. If it's really, because
0: people just know who you are.
2: No, it's, um, it's as a result of, of kind of early onset male pattern baldness. So I don't get ID to bars ever.
0: Um, I can relate. Yeah.
2: And, uh, and so, you know, I just don't, um, travel really is, is the use case, but, Mm. you know, I think if there were ever a situation where I needed to use it frequently, um, I would happily digitize it. I think, you know, I, uh, been running into this recently with, uh, New York has a particularly good, um, kind of COVID proof of vaccination app, Mm-hmm. Uh, with an equally excellent name called the Excelsior Pass. Um, and it's been great. You know, I, I've absolutely loved just, like, having my phone, having Apple Pay, having this proof of vaccination all in one place. Uh, and it's it's been phenomenal. Uh, mm. Like, I went to a sports event the other day and didn't bring my wallet. Um,
0: it's cool. A sporting event. Uh, yeah, yeah. How enthusiastic of you the what about um you know we've we've seen it's like every so many months it seemed like every other week for a while we were seeing these massive data breaches and hacks of corporations you know we entrust with huge swaths of personal data um does that kind of thing scare you guys i mean aside from let's say government intervention what about the idea that literally all of your information is stored on a Silicon chip that just needs to be hacked via Wi-Fi? Like, is that a concern?
1: It definitely should be. It's. I've read many times why I should be more nervous about this. And I am, you know, I, I think that there are pretty some pretty hmm. dangerous precedents that have been set um, on so many levels, you know, part one just being like, the conversations you have and then the ads that you get served, it's like, okay, yeah, you. I haven't Googled this. Um, but it is also very funny, like some of the ads I get, like um, I got like an ad for like some Yankees gear the other day and it's like, man, it's it's a layup. Go to any of my social media and you can see I'm not the guy to, to show this. So it, it's funny like how, how often it'll misfire um, and how, how often it just gets it wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I think I fall into the camp of like kind of feeling guilty, like, yeah, I should be more worried about this or I should be turning off cookies more or like setting up more restrictions. And I don't know, I, I guess I'm just kind of like ignorantly like walking forward in in the brave new world and just kind of like accepting whatever consequences are yet to come.
0: Well, that's yeah. kind of, a, a, that's the thing, right? That's what we've been trained to do in, the, in our generation and yours, I guess, Scott, uh, if we have to put it that way, but it's a that is a, the inevitable nature of this whole thing that we're talking yeah. about. Like, is it just kind of like futile? You know, resistance is futile. Yeah. Henry, I interrupted
2: I'm, you. I'm no, I'm I'm with you. I I kind of get concerned about this idea of you know my ID lives online, um, mm-hmm. and then I realize that in at least I mean it has to be five or more online databases of information every single piece of data that is on that ID exists already. Um, and probably has been hacked. Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, you, these large scale data breaches that give up, you know, social security numbers and, and literally everything about my being. Um, I, I, I think to live a truly private life these days is incredibly hard. Um, and, you know, has been made to be incredibly hard by, you know, society at large, uh, without you know, donning more tinfoil. Um, you know, I think it's 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 hard enough that you begin to compromise like quality of life um, if you're unwilling to give up a pretty significant chunk of personal information. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think I might be like Scott here and just kind of willfully, slightly optimistically, just. You know hoping my way to a better future with fewer everyday carry items
0: yeah let's hope for star trek and not i don't know the matrix all the all the other ones (laughs) yeah uh, Um, yeah
1: yeah. some of the criticism that i was reading uh and not that this is something that i like know a whole lot about but like you know kind of bringing up the idea of like the chinese social credit system uh and things like that you know like doing more and more to track things about your daily life and and your place in society and um some common fears i guess are like it becoming commonplace to have to like download government apps uh to run stuff like this and then like you know it can be hard to know exactly what you're allowing these apps to do and, and what you're not and um yeah i mean it's definitely like i don't think it's a far cry to uh you know imagine like what kind of what kind of stuff they could be tracking about you and you know, it's it's easy to just blow, you know, blow off that kind of stuff when, oh, I have nothing to hide, um, which, you know, is kind of like how I feel a lot of the time. But, uh, you know, as as we've been saying, like, it does set a dangerous precedent. And, you know, if, if things do take a turn for the worse, you know, it, it could be scary.
0: Right. And it really is kind of a remains to be seen situation, uh, you know, we're We went through the information age, arguably still in it, but now we're in the digitization age. Everything is, seems like everything is becoming, after we got all the information, now we're putting all the information elsewhere, making things uh, digital and electric and, you know, offloading a lot of physical stuff into the ether. So here's for Star Trek rather than the Matrix, and we'll see where we end up. Uh, We'll do a, We'll do it. We'll revisit this episode in 10 years when we've all been digitized personalities.
2: I was thinking like a I'm 30 ta- year reunion. Yeah. Great.
1: <laughs> I'm taking the blue pill and I'm just going to do it. I'll let
0: y'all know how it goes.
2: Good. You yeah. know what? I'm with you. Make sure to write. <laughs> Nick, you can fall um, out in the, the cabin in the woods.
0: There we go. I'll see you guys there. But you'll need a vehicle that can reach it. So how about we move on to, to segment two here? uh This is sort of less news than it is a question about the state of the automobile these days so there 's this phenomenon uh, that 's often referred to as car bloat, which is uh, refers to how much bigger cars have become over the past couple of generations and specifically we 're talking about trucks, so standard pickup trucks like the Ford F one fifty or Chevy Silverado have become very big they are very tall, they're very long, they're very wide, very heavy uh, relative to what they were like, you know, 10, 5, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, And that's as new tech and regulations have been introduced and as new customer tastes have sort of trended into the quote unquote big car direction and away from actual cars. Um, And an article in the New York Times I shared with you guys, it's called the the mighty pickup slims down. Cites that, quote, today's midsize models like the Chevy Colorado, Toyota Tacoma, and Ford Ranger are similar in size to a full-size 1970s Ford F-series. Now, unquote. Now, that's a really long time ago, right? 60 years is a very long time, uh, and things change. But that trend is real. And depending who you are, that could be really cool. Like you might love the, the size and largesse of, an, of a full-size pickup or annoying or even scary, you know, as a pedestrian, someone walking around a city. So anyway, that's all to say there's this new and arguably revived segment, this compact pickup trucks like the Hyundai Santa Cruz and the Ford Maverick, these small little tiny trucks that are being introduced right now. And Scott, you mentioned you're in Georgia, you're in Atlanta. I wanted to ask you first, because that's more of a driving city than New York. Um, So like, what's your take on the size of trucks in that context and just like new, these new small trucks in general.
1: Yeah. uh, This is something I've been talking about for years now, because I like, I would like to own a truck. I like trucks, um, but the trucks are, simply way too big. For for me, my dad has an F-150 that I will sometimes borrow and driving that around like inside the city of Atlanta um, feels stressful. Um, It's really, really big. A lot of the streets here are pretty small um, and like you can do it. It's not impossible or anything, but like, yeah, it just feels so bloated. um, And there really are no there's no variety in size, it seems like, you know, every truck that I've seriously like considered buying, I just look at it and it's like, I don't, I don't need something this big. And it makes you think back on the good old days of the old Ford Ranger. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad had a, I think like a 2002 Toyota Tacoma. Um, and man, what a great size. Like I loved that truck when I was a kid. Um, it was, it was big enough to like haul stuff around when we needed to, but like, it was still fun to drive and ride around in and um i mean the f-150 he has now is just not even comparable and you know i'd i'd be willing to take a guess that most of the truck owners today aren't delivering payloads to their construction site or hauling huge amounts. like most people just don't need something that big and especially with you know climate change and everything like i'm i'm excited about things slimming down I don't think that we'll ever be without a big truck option. Um, but I'm thrilled to see that like things are trending that way and that uh, there's just more interest in like a smaller truck.
2: Yeah, right, yeah. Up, Henry. I no, I totally agree. Um I think it's it's almost exciting that they even decided to make these. Um just because my my, my hope, my hunch is that that Ford would not make something unless they really saw Significant consumer demand, um, which makes me excited because that means that consumers are demanding a smaller truck, uh, which seems awesome. Because, yeah, it a current, you know, I think there will always be a place for the the gigantic, you know, wrought iron fence grill Silverado. Um, (laughs) Like, you know, people in the same way that there's always going to be demand for like a Range Rover. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think there's there's always going to be one of people always going to be people who want to just like flex with the largesse of their vehicle. Um And you know what? Fine. Like, cool. Uh But yeah, the fact that there wasn't a smaller, more inexpensive, more efficient pickup uh, is kind of wild to me. Um, and yeah. I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's coming up because, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm in the market for a pickup truck, but uh yeah, like Scott, I'm all for, for things kind of, slimming down and you know, the, is it the base Maverick that's expected to get 40 miles a gallon in the city? Like that's that's something like
0: that. Yeah. Like the front wheel drive
2: version. Pretty amazing. And, you know, just like completely overreaching for a second. Do it. I love, you know, pickup trucks have had this, like this, like big, you know, stigma, not stigma. I don't know. They're just like, there's a certain, personality type tri- that drives a big ass pickup truck. And if you get a small pickup truck, you know, that's going to unite the world. You're going to have small pickup drivers talking to big pickup drivers. Everybody's going to agree that we're all not so different. The world will lead to kind of this utopian state. Star Trek. It. Star Trek. But with like, you know, people hanging out on the football field. Star Trek. With right. Right good old good old boys in star trek this is why we hire scott as the writer star (laughs) trek will commence
0: (laughs) yeah i i'd beam up into into a small truck utopia i think um you know it's interesting scott you mentioned the ranger of the or the tacoma i guess of the, the early aughts i had a ranger of that vintage that was was possibly the perfect vehicle um I was always par- partial to things like the Subaru Baja, which was a, you know, mm-hmm. pickup wagon kind of thing. I have – if anyone listening is uh, in uh, Australia or of Australia and you have been able to, like, witness utes firsthand, I'm very jealous. These little pickup bed vehicles are just – so cool to me and henry you and i have actually been inside the uh mercedes uh g550 4x4 squared together oh yeah Yeah, which is a massive yeah truly like literally a monster truck for the road and um there's a time and a place kind of thing those are trucks are huge or rather, huge trucks are, I said that sentence backwards, huge trucks are really fun. They're cool. They're they, You feel amazing driving them. Um, but yeah, I have also tried to pilot like a Nissan, um, whatever the heck. What the heck's the Nissan truck? The uh, Frontier? No, the big guy. That's the big guy. Uh, wow. Drawn a blank. Car guys, figured out, then. Henry. But I've tried to like pilot huge trucks down my street in Brooklyn, and it is actually terrifying. Um, you know what so, it's called?
2: How dare we forget?
0: A Titan.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? Oh, yeah. it just yeah. came to me.
2: Yeah, perfect name. But,
0: you know, there's something really cool about a truck. The the potential of utility is there. The cool factor and having it in like a smaller, accessible practical size is, is a, a pretty thing. So um so would you which would uh you guys get you guys uh trending toward any particular compact truck right now?
2: It's got to be the Maverick. I'm,
1: yeah, I'm still kind of waiting. I don't know. I'm I'm so nostalgic for that old truck shape and I know that so much has changed about just like vehicle design. Like even the Maverick just like it still looks kind of like an F150 just smaller. I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of holding out hope that like someone's going to put out just like for lack of a better word, just like a cute truck. I don't know. I'm really nostalgic for that. Yeah. My dad and I used to like, he used to buy uh, these like Isuzu pickup trucks on eBay motors from like <laughs> all over the country. And we'd like fly out and drive them home. And he just like flip, like he was just obsessed with those things. And so I've, I did big. like a dozen road trips in, in those specifically. He did that I'm, multiple just so times? Yeah. He'll just fixate on one type of vehicle for a decade and just like oh yeah i love these things and like a couple times a year he'll just find one and and fix it up and flip it
0: um oh that's the dream so, yeah. that sounds great
1: yeah so I'm, I'm hoping for for something like that but uh i don't know i i think the maverick is is cool um and it, it's something i would definitely consider
0: you know what i'm really looking forward to seeing on the road or like witnessing um so much so that it's i think the only vehicle to date that i've put in uh like a, a like registered interest for a deposit kind of thing, is this Alpha Motors electric pickup. Have you seen this? Yeah, hey, look it up. It's so cool. It's totally electric. It's like retro, cool, like rugged truck. It looks like fully kitted out. They look like uh, Marty McFly's the, truck from Back the to the wolf. Future. Yeah, the Wolf. So cool. I can't wait to have one of them in Brooklyn. And just like silently all, I don't know, plywood. That
2: is a cool look. That's, that's a nice. Oh, they do look good. And I do feel like, you know, without the, the kind of aggressive Marty McFlying of it, Mm -hmm. I think we might be approaching cute, cute truck territory here. You know, you get some smaller wheels, you, you remove all the, the threatening, you know, black painted wheels and roll bars. And yeah, I think, I think you might have your, your cute truck, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: I'm, I work on a computer. The most I ever have to haul is like a couch. If my friend needs help moving, Uh, I don't, I don't have anything to prove, man. Just just give me a small truck. (laughs)
0: Let's be alpha, alpha wolf truck twins in
2: star truck future. (laughs) Yes, please. This universe is getting more and more complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of, yeah. Speaking
0: of the universe becoming complicated and life being complicated uh, mentioned up top for our third segment, we're talking about working from home. It's been 18 months since uh, COVID sort of ravaged the world and changed everything. And um, our last segment is inspired by a discussion I saw on Reddit about a new product from Logitech. It's called the Logi Dock, which is not my favorite name. I'll be honest right up front. It's 399 bucks. It's a computer doc. So it's like a hub meant specifically for folks who are working from home more, uh, sits on your desk, connects multiple devices like monitors and computers and peripherals, and also has a built-in speaker for video meetings or podcasts. Maybe, uh, it's like an all-in-one device for our new brave, new work from home professional world. So the question I have is, has to do with that. Sure. But also with products designed specifically to answer this prevalent new issue of, you know, work from home setups. It's been these 18 months forced a lot of us and, uh, you know, office workers to set up shop from home. And uh, a lot of us weren't ready for that. And um, we've seen this sort of knock on effect of these demands rattle around the mainstream product space for a while but my question to you guys is, because of all three of us are in this situation, what are the realities of work, working from home and the product demand, the product needs? Like when we work, what issues in your experience have been the hardest to solve? What products have been crucial? What products perhaps don't exist but should? Um, I want to kind of explore that idea uh, 18 months on. So, Henry, let's go yeah. to you first. What's your sort of work from home product take and how do you feel about this Logitech product?
2: Yeah, I was I was actually really excited <clears throat> when I saw the Logitech, Logitech product because um, it seemed to answer kind of a lot of my issues with with work from home, um, especially as an you know as a lot of us have kind of come from a workplace using laptops to a home setup using laptops where you're not necessarily like bouncing in and around meetings, you're really just kind of there. Um, and so you know at at the office, we you know my kind of creative department. Would always use these docs. Um, mm-hmm. They were made by gosh, I, I don't even remember Cal, the name of the company. Caldigit. Caldigital. Cal digit. Um, Something like that.
0: Yeah.
2: And it was just to simplify, you know, inputs and outputs on our our MacBooks. Um, you know, we'd have all sorts of stuff connecting to it. Um, and it it just made things easier. Um, but the fact of the matter is that when you're working from home, you know, you're working with your laptop closed. Um, or, or whatever. So, you know, you need a speaker, you need a, a camera, you need a mic. If the speaker's not working, you need headphones with like a mic or something in them. And it, it gets super, super complicated. Um, so for me, the goal at least at the beginning was, uh, was kind of radical simplification and, and making sure that if someone wanted to have like a, a Google meet call or something that I could hop on it without, any sort of like futzing. Um, hmm. And, you know, being a gear patrol employee, uh, I've completely gone the opposite direction or I've gone a completely different tack to, to try and solve that problem. Um, so now I have a heinously complicated <laughs> computer setup. Um, Can you describe it? Oh God, don't make me. Just um, a little bit. A little no, bit. no. I, uh, I worked from a laptop for the first few months um, and then got, got, kind of somewhere between frustrated and bored um and <laughs> and built a, a big PC setup and you know we've got the podcast so we've got microphones for that and mm-hmm. you know then you have to have inputs and outputs for that and you get a big old screen and you upgrade the camera and it just goes on and on forever. Um right. But the end result now is that um you know everything's plugged in and on all the time. So uh I'm actually kind of at my my Google meet utopia where I can just hop on a call and not think about it. But, (laughs) um, my desk is not very clean.
0: Well, this is this aims to help that. How about you, Scott? I know you, you sort of like relocated and had to set up work from home stuff in the middle of all this, like what's your take on this product and sort of, you know, what products have facilitated that or like what you found yourself needing most crucially.
1: Yeah, you know, the product seems cool. Um, I think that it will make sense for a lot of people. And I like the the top comment on the Reddit thread that I saw about this one was like, addressing the comment saying like, Oh, this is so overpriced. And the the comment was saying, like, I don't think a lot of you have experience looking at like office equipment and furniture, because that stuff gets really expensive really fast. And and I think that it's actually a pretty reasonable price. Um, But I've kept my my workspace really pretty minimal. Um, And I'm lucky because I got to just take a lot of this stuff from the gear patrol office. Um, I've got my second monitor. That's become pretty crucial to my workflow. Um, But the monitor that I have, like the same um, cable that plugs it into my laptop is the one that charges it. So I've got that. I've got a laptop stand. I have a keyboard and a mouse. And I'm still rocking the like $120 desk that I bought from Target uh in the first I think I got the last one from the Atlantic Center target in Brooklyn. Oh um,
0: in Brooklyn, yeah.
1: Yeah, which I can't believe I I managed to get because it was Speaking in, of dystopias. Like, the of COVID. Yeah. And I just I had I was like I better I better get a, a desk because I can't work at my in my bed or from my weird table. Um but yeah it's got like It's got two plugs in it, which has been great. It's it's really cheap, and the drawers are kind of falling apart, but it's still working for me. Um, So yeah, you know, like I don't nothing about my job really requires like that much as far as like inputs and and uh, and and things like that. It's it's all pretty straightforward. So like I've been good with my my very minimal setup, um, and that's just kind of how I like it. Um, But like I think that this is a cool product. And I think that, uh, their sense is correct that like work from home is here to stay and it will be interesting seeing, uh, these products like kind of start to be developed more for that. Um, which I think is a step in the right direction.
0: Yeah, for sure. What other do you get have any of examples off the top of your head, putting on the spot of, um, sort of like office, like essential office elements that you really used a lot that don't translate to work from home sort of like a home office thing aside from obviously conference rooms that kind of thing i don't know it feels very different to be at in my home office than it does in the actual office for many obvious reasons but i wonder if there are any like little um little things that come to mind to you they really uh, did put you on the spot
2: that's an interesting Three question
0: Free
1: pencils. <laughs> no, free pretzels. Oh,
0: pretzels. Pretzels. Yeah, I don't use a... a
1: pencil, but I, I use pretzels and uh, now oh. I have to buy them myself. Um, I, other than that though, like I was in an office depot the other day for some reason, and it was so funny looking around there. It's like rubber bands and binders and folders and like so many things that it's like, I haven't thought about this product in so long. Um, and maybe I just entered the workforce late enough to where like, that stuff is just kind of obsolete. And we had that stuff in the office.
0: Um, They're all on your phone now. They're all digital. Really?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't need any of it. And I'm really trying to think of something that like I've needed and not had. Um, and yeah, I'm coming up blank. Like the, the work has just changed so much and like organization has changed so much, um, that yeah, like I've, I've been so well set up with my small
2: collection of things. I, I thought for about, 10 minutes about buying a printer uh, <laughs> and, you know, I need it about once a month mm-hmm. and I, I can't even get close to justifying uh, the space and the size, um, but yeah, that's the only one that really like, I've gone into the kind of husk of our office um, multiple times to just mm-hmm. print off a single document, um, but, but other than that, you know, I think We've had you know eighteen months, so it's. I feel like everybody I know has a fairly established home office or or desk setup. Um, you know, I went through probably four or five different kind of iterations of of what my work from home looked like, um, and I think I've kind of arrived at at something that feels really nice and and functional. Um yeah. you know, at least as far as working out of a bedroom goes
0: yeah you know something that occurred to me um a product that i've i've kind of found to be really helpful for working is something that separates my like you say so like i'm in a second bedroom in my apartment is kind of my office now but separating the look of it from the rest of my apartment has been really crucial and helping me concentrate and sort to like separate everything. And the way I've done that is with lighting and I picked up, so the, the company wise, you know, like the, the electronics, all the app controlled connected stuff. Uh, I have a lot of their products, but one of them they just came out with is this floor lamp. That's kind of like a task lamp. It's tall. It bends over, arches like a, you know, uh, hook hooks over and it's adjustable, but it's these really bright single temperature um, adjustable rather dimmable uh, LEDs and they bathe my desk in this like bright white crisp light and it feels like an office and then I step away and it feels like a warm home everywhere else. So that's, that's something that's really helped me um, and helps my like eyes see. Yeah, it's really, it's really been cool. I like it a lot.
2: Because I, I, you know, for all of my talk of finding something sustainable have very little separation between, um, between work and not work. Um, it is really just kind of this seamless roll out of bed situation. Um, (laughs) and even beyond that, you know, it's cutting to my, my nerd core a bit. Um, but in building this computer, it kind of turned some leisure time into the same time spent at the desk that is used Mm -hmm. for work. And Mm -hmm. it's really just finding that kind of balance between, okay, I am not at the computer. I'm not at my desk. I am not available uh, has been hard. I I think that's, that's been the biggest kind of hurdle for me.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, early on a lot of guides and we're, you know, depending on your opinion on this, you could say we're guilty of this or, we being gear patrol, guilty of this, or just like sort of um, facilitated, you know, people doing this for themselves is is um, a lot of the products we would recommend early on are things that made your space more livable as you work from home. And I think that was a great instinct. And you know, I did a lot of sort of like decor and um, sort of environmental adjustments. But I have found that products or the removal of products in order to make that barrier more solid for me have been really helpful. So um, I think early on that adjustment period may have been dulled by, by, you know, good looking designy stuff. But uh, right now I'm focused more on utility, um, I guess is the, the, the gist of, of my vibe right now, particularly with that light and other, other stuff like that.
1: Yeah. It's weird to think, I mean, I've worked remotely for gear patrol longer than I ever worked in an office for gear patrol and uh, (laughs) you know, like getting through the winter, you know, it's like, okay, you're working until, you know, five, six, like you get off of work and it's dark already. Um, It's, it's a weird feeling. And then you're just like already in your home. um, And like you're, you've been like head down all day, Um, and something that has been like really nice for me is like kind of alternating between music and like my AirPods or like on my Sonos system. Um, and my Sonos is something that like I've expanded on a lot, but just like having music like out loud, um, has been a really nice like way to like switch up different segments of my day. It just makes the tone feel different. Kind of like sit back a little bit, kind of hear it throughout your house a little more. Um also like they have alexa built in so it's nice to just like ask quick questions too um so yeah that's that that's something else i have on my desk which has been very helpful
0: very nice i found that uh going into my kitchen for coffee and like talking out loud to people who aren't there kind of like i would in the kitchen at work <laughs> has really helped me
2: these last uh... yeah
1: just talk to the voices they're they're mostly friendly
2: yeah i've begun doing that a lot more i don't <laughs> Yeah, how long do we set up like a remote water cooler? You know, walk to the kitchen, turn on the other camera, see who else is hanging out by the refrigerator. Right, just like a a static cam that's always on. Yeah, like cameras a product. everywhere.
0: See, we're we're coming up with product. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to find the things that were missing. The, like a, like a yeah, like a CCTV like always on camera situation at the water cooler. Yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah, water, I really can't envision curriculum. like what that would look like, but it does suck. You know, I there are people like Gear patrol that I've never even met or that I don't talk to anymore at all because, you know, I don't have a reason to. And uh, yeah, you can do like virtual happy hours and stuff, which we've done a couple of times. But I think that's you know, I'm I'm a fan of work from home. It's it's been good. I think that's the way that things are going. But um, yeah, it's kind of a bummer to not have a reason to talk to people and
2: get to know. It them. it's it's tough to replicate. And I imagine things will get even harder with, with kind of these hybrid solutions where you've got some people remote, some people not remote. Um, and then you have to have a meeting with three people in the same room and six people who aren't, um, (laughs) it it gets real fuzzy real fast. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm curious to see where it all kind of lands. Um, I'm, I'm, Definitely a fan of in-person work, um, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to be fishing my wish for a long time. Well,
0: we'll get to the uh, Star Trek utopia, and you'll be at the office, and exactly. Scott will be in his his little pickup truck, and I'll be in my parents' basement, and we'll. That's probably a beam me up,
1: Scotty joke in there somewhere. Yeah,
0: no, that can't be. I don't, I don't it's think it's going to be some, some like
2: Star Trek cars kind of hybrid. You you won't be allowed to leave the car. It's remote work, but you're in a car. Workplace is designed around everybody continually sitting in cars. I like this. There you it's go. Like we're headed. Just in kind of yeah.
0: That's the that's basically the end of Wall-E, as I recall.
2: <laughs> I think it's most of Wall-E. It's it's not yeah, good. It
0: no, it's not it's not great. Uh, well, hopefully we'll trend toward the positive. Uh, you know, I think what we're coming away with here is that there are products that have helped us certainly um, be more productive. Um and the thing that's really missing in the work from home situation is that socialization and it's kind of hard to bridge with products right now but um I think we're onto something with the water cooler camera WCC I'm going to call that for this group right now we we get the dibs on the trademark um and if anybody listening has any you know any specific products that they have that have sort of surprised them um in uh, how how much they've been helpful during all this or during your transition uh, into working from home, I would love to hear about them. That'd be a a really cool thing to share with other readers and and listeners. Um, And we'll just have a slack conversation about you after you write in, which is always fun for people internally. Uh, Well, cool. We've taken up a lot of time. We've gone through all three uh, topics. And um, I want to thank everybody listening for their time and Henry and Scott for yours. You guys are always great. Always got Absolutely. the good takes. Um, so if anybody listening has any questions or wants to know more about anything we talked about in this episode, whether it's articles or referenced, products we referenced uh, or beyond like uh, the Nissan, Nissan Titan. Is that who I, who I was talking about? Rope. The Nissan Titan. Yes. Um, okay. For instance, or the Alpha Motors Wolf. Which can't wait. It's gotten me. Truck Twins, you can check out links in the show notes or on the site if that's where you're listening. Uh, If you are listening, that means you must love this podcast. And if that's the case, I hope you'll subscribe and drop us a five-star review because we really appreciate it. It also really helps us uh, get more listeners involved. And if you want to reach out, uh, like I asked a second ago about work from home products, you can hit us up on social media. Scott here will be the one who will see those comments and he will pass them along. Our handle everywhere is Gear Patrol, one word, or you can email us at podcast at gearpatrol dot com. And I will see the email because I read them all. Um, and lastly, Henry, Scott, always a pleasure, guys. Even from my parents' basement, it's, it's working for me thanks for being here. Thanks for having
1: me. Thank you for having us. Yeah,
0: it's good. Good talking. Yeah, good talk. Good talk, everybody. (laughs) And uh, everyone at home, really appreciate you being here. I'm Nick Caruso. And until next time, take care.